Fabulous. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, happy Tuesday. Thank you all so much for, for being back for another brilliant session. I, I was just saying to Mary before we got on today how, how lucky I feel to be part of all this. So I'm grateful for you all being here today. Uh, today, our guest, as alluded to, is Mary Arusu. You may not know her yet, but over the course of her career, Mary's taken on a number of roles. Uh, eventually becoming the Senior Vice President of Digital Strategy and Analytics at a well-respected marketing agency stateside. Um, that was before Mary decided to take her professional career, a professional detour uh, to pursue her passions and spend more time uh, with her young family. Um, Mary left her corporate job and is now a full-time educator uh, at Canisius College, I hope I haven't butchered that, uh, where she is the Assistant Professor of Marketing as well as through her business, uh, GuruBound, uh, where she teaches marketing teams how to develop SEO strategies that lead them to the top of Google, drive in a flood of consistent free traffic and deliver results uh, which are tangible for, for the client. Uh, Mary's involved in two boards. Uh, the first is Future in Our Hands USA, which funds sustainable projects in Kenya and Zambia. And she's also involved in the Digital Analytics Association, which is the global association for digital analytics folks. Um, for her contributions, Mary's just like a supremely qualified and, and recognized individual. Uh, she's received a number of awards, including one of the four under 40 Emerging Leaders Award from the American Marketing Association and the Athena Award for her commitment to empowering others, especially women, which is just incredible. On a personal level, um, I came into contact with Mary uh, after our session with Rand, uh, Rand Fishkin, at the beginning of, way back when, at the beginning of our web webinar sessions. Uh, I asked him who would be great, and he immediately responded with Mary. So we jumped on a call, and I immediately saw what he saw in Mary. Uh, not only does she speak passionately about the power of analytics, data and SEO, but I hope Mary would agree we just had a, a lovely chat as well, which is always really nice. Um, one of the things I really appreciated was that Mary was like, as a marketer, she's the complete opposite to me in the sense that like we were on the call and she was speaking about like data and analytics and I was speaking about like how I just do things by the seat of my pants and you know make it up as I go along and, and like but I appreciated that. And by the end of our call, like I came away with a new appreciation of what it's like to uh, have that data backing things up. And I know that you will do too by the end of this as well. Um, so I'm really excited for this because it's a completely unique perspective on things. Um, I've been running the marketing meter for four years now. So you get a feel of what feels popular when it comes to talks. So you know that when you put the word analytics and SEO in the title, uh, you're going to get a whole bunch of people uh, turning up, uh, marketing nerds, as we've been called before, but I think that's uh, far too derogatory. I think we're just enthusiasts. Um, but the reason is this. Um, we have to make the most of the opportunities that SEO and analytics provide uh, because it can be inexpensive, but it's really effective. And by the end of this session, I think you'll get a... a better sense of how to use the two in tandem to ultimately improve business results. Um, the last couple of bits to say is that this session will run as a presentation and then there'll be an opportunity for Q&A. 
although now is the time to use the Q&A feature, which is found down the bottom of your Zoom window. Uh, just click in there and uh, get your questions in nice and early. Uh, please do use the thumbs up function because that helps me pick the, the questions from the top. And uh, likewise, if you're using the chat box, uh, don't forget to switch it to all panelists and attendees so everyone can see it. Um, I say that because I can see a whole bunch of people uh, commenting right now in the chat box and you might not be able to see them. We've got people commenting from New York, Dubai, Norwich, York, Poland. It's ridiculous. It's amazing. So uh, it's really, really cool. Uh, finally, I want to thank the sponsors. And this is the bit which most people at events sit there and they roll their eyes at because like, you know, they feel like they have to thank the sponsors. But that's not what this is about. This community is so special. This community has been built up on the collaboration and cooperation of so many individuals, whether it's you watching, me, Mary, all the sponsors. All of these people have been unbelievable. And at the end of the day, they are people behind their brands. So please do take the time to thank them after this session. You've already had them before this session. Uh, you'll get them afterwards as well. So I'm just gonna mention them by name here, but please, please, please do take the time to thank the sponsors. So big thank you to Content Cal, Fiverr, Redgate, Cambridge Marketing College, Lidu, Brand, Further, Third Light and Human. Please just do take the time to, uh, to thank them. The last thing to say is that Mary has got a link, uh, which she'll mention in her presentation, which I'll also be sharing in the chat. It's also seen on that first slide there. So you don't need to take a million notes. Um, so head over to that link as well while the talk's going on after the, after the talk and uh, you'll be able to find everything you need there. So all that said, uh, my introduction is over. So Mary, it's over to you. Joe, thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to, to be here with all of you. I'm just blown away by how many people Joe said, sign up for this. This is my passion. And so to see all of you show up for this, it's just encouraging that there's so much to learn about the convergence of SEO and analytics. As Joe just said, the link on the screen that you see right now is a link to the presentation. I created a special page just for us. It's for the marketing meetup. You'll see it says, welcome marketing meetup. It's nice to meet you. And then on the page is, uh, a, a, it's essentially the slide deck that I'm presenting today. So you can just follow along with that. That way you don't have to take copious notes. And of course you can print it and download it if you'd like as well. So I just wanted to make your life a little easier so we could all focus and get the most out of our time together. I wanna go back to something that Joe said about the connection that we made when we first talked and the connections that we make with people in general. I feel nothing is a coincidence. August 15th, 1992 is a date that is stamped in my mind because on that date, my family of seven moved from Ghana. We moved from everything that we knew and we moved directly to the United States. We did it because my father was coming to do his doctorate and the five of us kids from age three to age 13, we didn't know what to expect. This is a picture of us. I actually dug this up and found it. I was surprised I was able to find a picture of all seven of us at Niagara Falls in, uh, in, in the state of New York, right, right, right in the backyard of Buffalo. And if you, can, if you can't spot me, 
I'm the one right in the middle wearing the jean jacket. I was 11 at the time. Everything was different. Life was different. We looked different. You know, for once in our lives, we didn't just fit in with everybody else. We stood out. We were the Africans. We were the people with the accents. We were the people that were so dark compared to other people. We just felt different. And I had never felt that way my whole life. But I do believe that life happens the way that it's meant to. And I do believe there's a reason why we're here. I won't share all the details, but what I will tell you is that within the first few years of being here, both parents had to go back to Ghana. And the five of us kids had to stay here and figure out how to raise each other. And so I ended up being a guardian to my little sister and my little brother, all while still going to college and trying to figure life out. And the reason I tell you this is because in those hard times when we had nothing, when we didn't know where to turn, what really showed up in our lives were people that were willing to ask us how we were doing. Hey, we know your parents are no longer here. Do you guys need anything? The compassion of people to help us with food, with clothes, even with legal advice is what changed the paradigm. It's the reason why I'm here. So for me, I believe there's no coincidence in life because whatever happens to you, there is a greater good, there is a purpose for it. And I share that with you because when I started my career, I was really an intern doing search marketing in 2002 while taking care of my younger siblings. And I had no idea where that was going to take me. But I just knew I had to make sure I was doing a good job so that I could still continue to support them with the income that I was getting. I realized early on in my career that I was really called to teaching, really having a conversation with somebody and saying, here's a way to solve a problem because that had been done for us. When people came into our worlds, they demonstrated compassion. So I naturally gravitate that way. And that's what drives me, for, that's what drives me toward teaching. What I realized in the world of SEO was that it was very confusing. When you think about SEO, what are the words that you think about? <laughs> Probably any combination of any of these words, right? I wanted to simplify this. So when I became a full-time professor, one of the first courses that I developed was a search engine marketing job or a search engine marketing um, course. I wanted to teach my students how to understand SEO. And the framework that I've created, I now use it even for actual marketing teams. It's not just for my MBA level students or my undergrad students anymore. I created a framework called the magnet method. And what the magnet method is, is a six step framework for understanding how to approach SEO. So it takes all the confusion out and it makes it possible for anyone to do SEO. The word magnet not only represents the fact that once you do these six methods, you can naturally drive in a ton of traffic to your site magnetically from Google, but it also is an acronym. It starts with manage. Before you do SEO, you have to take control of the data. You cannot manage what you can't see. So before you start going and putting keywords in and doing all these things with links or whatever you've heard, you need to stop and say, do I have the tools in place 
And do I have them set up properly so that I can actually get information about how successful my efforts are? So that's the step, the first step, the manage stage. The second is accelerate, which is to find and fix any technical issues that are actually impeding your site's problems or impeding your site's progress. So accelerate is huge, it's very important and it never stops. It's things like mobile friendliness and site speed and it goes well beyond that as well. Then the third factor is grow. At this point, what you're doing is you're researching all of the words out there that your audience is searching. And what you're doing is you're not just coming up with words. A lot of times, if you've ever attempted to do SEO, you come up with a lot of words and then you, you're like, Where, how do I organize these words, right? But I think you come up with the words and then you create what I call a domination framework or a domination plan where you create clusters of these words and then you identify if there are any pages of your site where these clusters naturally fall. And if there aren't, now you've got a roadmap, a plan that tells you new pages to create on your site. And it becomes this magnetic catalyst for how you then create your entire SEO strategy based on the keywords. The nurture stage is you taking those keywords and creating better content on your site. But what I think is really missed a lot of times when it comes to content creation is some people will tell you with SEO, create content that ranks, create content that ranks. But it's not just about ranking. You've got to get the people on your site from ranking. Yes, that's step one. But then you need to convert those people. So the conversion elements, the user experience elements, all of those factors are also critical. So that's all about nurturing the audience. Echo is about building links, getting authoritative links to point to your site. And also, this is an often missed piece, what about the links on my site? What about the page? What about the link that connects my page one to page two? Those are also important for you to look at, as well as links that are pointing off your site. So if you have a, a link on your site that goes to a resource that is an external site, those are also links that are helping your SEO. So in the echo stage, those factors all come together and we talk about links at the macro level, not just backlinks, links from other sites. And then the, the last method, or the last stage of the magnet method is what I call traction. This is where you build momentum. And the only way to build momentum is to track the right metrics. Oftentimes people don't track the right metrics. We're tracking things like, am I number one on Google yet? You know, is that keyword number one yet? And I'm gonna show you the five key SEO metrics that are actually worth your time to go after. In order to do the magnet method, in order to do all of these steps right, you have to audit your site. Audit, audit, audit. That means you have to look at all of these stages in aggregate at least once a year and have a sense for your baseline so that you can improve that. Audits are huge. And that is actually the core of the services that I provide is audits. I could provide an audit and it would be so actionable for you that you would say thank you and you'd be able to run with it for a year because the audit is that actionable. So that's what's really important is the auditing, that's what brings all this together. So in our time together today, I wanna to remind anybody that might've just joined, take this link that's on your screen, follow all of these slides that I'm going to walk you through because what I'm going to do is, unfortunately we don't have the time to talk about all of the elements that you would audit under each of these six stages. However, what I can do is give you examples of the top elements that you need to audit inside each of these six stages that could be the reason why your SEO is not working. 
So these are my favorite elements to audit under each of these in order to elevate the results of your SEO. Are you with me? All right, I can't hear you, but I'm, I think you said yes. Let's go on. <laughs> we said yes. <laughs> okay. Let's take the manage stage. I'm gonna show you an example of one of the key things people forget to audit. So search console, Google search console. Some of you may have heard of Google search console. Some of you may not have heard of Google search console. What I'm talking about here is that you need to make sure that you have set up Google Search Console properly in the managed stage. So Google Analytics is a tool that a lot of folks are familiar with. It's a tool provided for free where Google tells you what happened on your website when people visited it. On the other hand, Google Search Console is another free Google tool that tells you what happened on your website when Google visited it. I think that's a, that brings a lot of clarity. But Google doesn't, or Google Search Console doesn't stop there. It also tells you how your website performs on Google. So I like to call it a control center where Google is directly communicating with you about problems it's having with your site, how well it's ranking your site, any sort of issues it's having with your site, everything is there. And it blows my mind sometimes that some businesses haven't set it up or have not set it up properly. So the reason why not having Search Console set up properly can hurt your SEO is because you limit your ability to fix technical issues quickly and you risk losing your rankings as a result. So my recommendation for you, let me show you first what Google Search Console looks like for those of you that may not be familiar. This is what it looks like. It's a, a tool where you go in and you, you add accounts that represent domains that you own. And then you're able to see information about that website in terms of how often that website is ranking on Google, how many impressions you're getting, how many clicks you're getting. This is everything that happens on Google search before they come to your site. Once they come to your site, Google Analytics picks up the, the information gathering. But everything that happened prior, you would have no insight on unless you had a Google Search Console account set up. And what I wanna remind you of is that you wanna set it up properly. Remember I said properly was key. So when you go to set up Google Search Console, this listen, even if you have Google Search Console right now, I want you to be aware of this, that you want to make sure that you have set it up so that it is, it is collecting data on both your HTTP and HTTPS versions of your website. So back in the day, just a few years ago, Google Search Console, you, you had to set up each variation separately. Now, if you go to create an account, you go to add a property. This domain option on the left is the option that you want, because if you set up Google Search Console with the left option as domain, it tracks any variation of your website, whether it's HTTPS, whether it's www, or whether the person removes the www, all of it gets tracked under one, so it's all bucketed. If you're in a position where you already have Search Console set up and it's only reporting, let's say, HTTPS mywebsite.com, you can create another one and then you'll end up with two, but I don't know why you would do that. Sometimes people end up with two. I highly recommend you create one that is a catch-all. That way all of your data lives in one place and you can make better decisions because it's easier to make decisions when everything lives together. So this is what I wanted to show you as well. If you have a Search Console account, 
on the left-hand side, not only is Google telling you the performance of your site on Google search, in, in Google searches, but also it's telling you any issues that it might be having with crawling your site. If Google came to your site and it found pages that were broken or anything like that, you would see all that information here. Also, if Google decides to give you a penalty, that information would be in here as well. So there's a lot of technical information that lives in Search Console. And here's the key. If you have Search Console set up, Google will actually email you when it finds these issues. That way, you don't have to wait to find out that your site no longer ranks. And that is the reason why I say that you limit your ability to fix technical issues quickly if you don't have Search Console set up or set up properly because you don't have that direct communication with Google. You want to establish that. This is a, a page where I just wanted to share with you uh, a friend of mine. She's a friend now, but she wasn't a friend when she reached out. Um, Tree Franklin, she has a huge following in the mental health space. And she gets a ton of new subscribers to her site every given month. Her new subscriber count went down. So this is something that happened on her website. People were no longer filling out her form. And using Search Console, we were able to track that when, her, when she added a new plugin to her website, it slowed down her site to the point where Google actually stopped ranking certain pages of her site. And that is what made her subscriber number go down. We never would have figured that out if we only were running Google Analytics. So how do you fix this? Make sure you create a domain account in Google Search Console, and then make sure that you designated someone who is on your team, a part of the marketing team, who's, who owns the task of opening, reading, and acting on Google's webmaster emails that they'll send you from Search Console. Make sure whatever account you use to set up Search Console doesn't go into uh, an email box that nobody checks because you want to be on top of whatever those alerts are that Google is sending you. Are you with me? I've got another example for you from Manage. If you're not subscribed to SEM Rush Sensor, that is a website. It's, I'll show you the link in just a moment. This is another reason why your SEO may not be working for you because you're not aware that there are shifts happening in Google's ranking algorithms and Going to SEM Rush Sensor, this tool will tell you when Google makes massive updates to its algorithm or its formula that might cause a whole lot of sites to swing down or to swing up. So just because you see a huge number or huge drop in your, in your Google Analytics in terms of your visitorship doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Sometimes Google is testing some things. So what you want to do is you don't want to be in the dark about why your SEO performance might suddenly drop or suddenly improve. Rather, you want to go to semrush.com slash sensor and click the button at the top that says get subscribe, or I think it says subscribe to notifications. And then again, you want to designate someone who will own the task of opening any emails that come through so that you can know when there is a huge algorithm change happening. SEM Rush will be tracking that. And then you'll, you'll know firsthand that something is going on and you can be aware and fix whatever needs to be fixed after that issue happens. Accelerate. One of my favorite examples of things to audit under the accelerate stage that could be getting your, that could be making your SEO not work well is that your site might be riddled with 301 redirect chains. You might be wondering, okay, what is that, Mary? Okay, so a 301 redirect is any permanent move. Here's an example. You've got a page that used to be called Contact Us and uh, you redesigned your site. 
And when you redesigned your site, you created a new page called slash contact us without the dash. And your developer was smart. They basically put in a little bit of code and they said, hey, anybody that's trying to get to the original contact us automatically redirect them to this other one instead. Your technical person did that, or maybe you are the SEO person and you did that. So a redirect is perfectly fine and it happens all the time. The problem becomes, let's say you redesign your site again, and now you've got a new contact page. It's called slash contact. Now you've got the middle page, page B, becoming a buffer between page A and page C. This is problematic because whatever equity or whatever history page A already had back, back when it was the original page, you know, it had, it probably ranked sometimes. It probably had some, some links pointing to it. It probably had people, people visiting it. So whatever history it had and whatever authority it had accrued is being passed into page C, but it's being buffered through page B first. That means page C is not getting the full benefit that it could be getting from page A. You with me? So it, pre it prevents the destination page from getting the full authority that it could have received from the original source page. So how do you fix 301 redirects? How do you even know if you have them? Here's another tool I want you to make sure you have in your wheelhouse. It is mind blowing if you've never used it before. It's called Screaming Frog. You go to the Screaming Frog website and you download it. I'm gonna show it to you in just a second. So just hang tight with me. You're gonna go in there, you're gonna run a quick report with your website and you're gonna tell it to show you in the report where the redirect chains are. And just as simple as that, you're gonna have a list of your redirect chains if you have any. It's really that simple. Let me show you. So screamingfrog.co.uk is the URL for Screaming Frog. It is a UK-based business. When you have Screaming Frog on your machine, it's free. It's free. So when you first open up Screaming Frog, it's going to be a blank sheet, a blank page. And all you're going to do is, let's press clear here. It's going to look like that. And all you're going to do is enter your domain. I hope nothing crazy shows up here, Joe. <laughs> yeah, this could be dangerous. Fingers <laughs> <laughs> crossed. Yeah. Okay. So all you'll do is you'll run. All I did was type in the domain name and I pressed enter and it's crawling the entire site and it's gonna give me an analysis of all the pages of the site. You see, it's already showing 301s, right? So you can, it's telling you the codes of the pages. It's, it's an incredible tool. Not only that, it tells you things like metadata and what kind of content you have and images and a whole slew of things that I wish we had time to talk about, but we don't. I'm gonna pause this right now just so I can show you what the report is that I'm talking about. So assuming you've let it run, all you have to do next is go to reports, redirects, redirect chains. And you would just click that. It would save the file onto your machine. And then you'll open it up and you'll see which, which of your pages of your site have a redirect chain. And you share that with your technical person and you get that middleman removed. Simple, quick and easy. And it's nice to have a tool that accelerates it for you. All right, let's keep going. I have another example for you for the grow and nurture stage. This example is, is awesome because it is an example that can help you identify keywords that you should be targeting and at the same time help you identify opportunities for content that you are completely missing out on 
and your audience is literally telling you that you don't have this content, it's right in your face, but you're missing it every single day. Let me show you what I mean. If you have never checked the exit rate of your site search results page, then this is for you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let me go to a website and demonstrate this for you. Searchversity is a website that I use for my SEO students. At the college level, we try to, we're trying to dominate the internet with articles about any topic. So I get my students to write blog posts. Sometimes they remember to add photos, sometimes they don't. Anyway, Searchversity is the site that my students are using to create SEO ranked um, content to contribute to the world. So here we are, searchversity.com. If your website has a search box on it, then this particular tactic is going to be especially for you. So Searchversity right now has a search box. So what I want you to do is search for anything on your website, and we're going to look at what the URL looks like. That's the only reason why we're here is to see what the URL looks like when we do a search on our site. So I'm going to type in the word workout, because I know some students write about working out. And okay, all I want you to do is pay close attention to the string. You see how it says searchversity.com slash question mark equals workout. So what this tells me is if anybody on my website does a search in my search box, um, the URL changes to a question mark S equals. That is the syntax that my website is using. Your website might be completely different. It might be question mark search or question mark ST or some other word, just make note of what that is for you for your site search box. Then what you're gonna do is go into Google Analytics, your Google Analytics. And I have all these steps laid out in the, on the actual sheet. I'm just walking through it with you so you can visually see me go through it. <clears throat> you go into Google Analytics and what you're trying to figure out is this. If people are coming to my website and using my search box, and then they are leaving right away from my site, from that search results page, what does that tell you? Anybody that does a search on your website and gets a search result page that starts with S equals should click on a search result, right? Those people should be some of the most loyal people because they did a search. So what you're doing is you're identifying in Google Analytics, what are those searches that people are doing where they are actually immediately exiting from my site. Because that tells you that they did not find what they were looking for, that you don't have content that supports what they're looking for. And that gives you an opportunity to create content that people are actively looking for right now and they are leaving in frustration. So in Google Analytics, you're going to go to behavior, exit pages, and that brings you to the report. And the reason why you did the search first is because now you can very easily spot all of those pages of your site that are serving as exit pages. That means this was the last page that somebody saw before they left your site. That's what an exit page is. The last page they, inter they interacted with on your site before they left. So anytime that you're seeing question mark S equals for me, that means people search for choose wine cat, whatever this is. Your, your list will probably include some words that describe your products or your services. And if you look at the exits column and those numbers are high, I just have ones and twos because the website is not that popular yet. Maybe it'll be popular after today because maybe some of you will go and use it. 
uh, but it needs some work. So forgive me for any issues you might see. It's a class project website. Uh, but my point is here you are, you're looking at your list of URLs that people are leaving from. You're seeing a bunch that are S equals and you can very easily export this into Excel if you have a longer list than I do. You just use the export function at the top of Google Analytics. But I, what I want you to see is how many times am I seeing patterns? Am I seeing a lot of times people searching a word related to a certain product or service that I offer? And then you might say to yourself, I have a page about that. Why are so many people leaving? What's going on? So that'll trigger you to go on your site, do a search, take a look at those pages, see what is wrong with those pages. Maybe they're not being served up in the search results at all, right? Maybe they're not even showing up. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's a technical fix where your, your tech person just has to make sure that those pages show up in the list of search results. Maybe they're not showing up or maybe they are, but it's not answering the question that the person searched. So this is a gold mine report that a lot of folks just aren't aware of, but it is one of those low hanging fruit opportunities for you to not only find keywords that you should be going after and using more often in your content, but also content that you could create to get people to actually stick on your site because obviously they're looking for whatever that topic is. Let's talk about the echo stage now. Remember the echo stage is all about getting links, creating really strong links. When I do audits, one of the big issues that I see with the echo stage is that you have unlinked brand mentions. An unlinked brand mention is when a website mentions you, a website mentions your brand, but that website does not actually link to your site. They don't make that mention into a link. So that's an unlinked brand mention. It could be that they're mentioning your product, your service, or a brand name, or your name. So the reason why this hurts your SEO is because you're missing out on low-hanging fruit opportunities to increase your link profile, which will boost your rankings. In other words, you're missing out on opportunities for people to actually click from that article and come straight to your site and also for Google to actually take that link and say, oh, this big shot website, themarketingmeetup.com has an article about me coming to speak to you. They mention GuruBound, but they don't link that word GuruBound to my site. So I don't get the credit. I don't get the link credit. Having links point to your website from other websites is huge for SEO. So this is a warm opportunity where the person already knows you. So you could just send them an email and tell them to please turn that into a link. And here I have for you in this deck, the actual email that I will use when I go to send these emails out to people. So you can just copy and paste this and just use this all along for your links that you might find. You might be thinking though, uh, Mary, how do I find these unlinked brand mentions? So I'm gonna show you how to do that. What you do is you take, you go to Google and do you see the string I have on the screen there where it says guru bound in quotations, then there's a space and then minus gurubound.com. What you're basically saying is find any time on the internet where the word guru bound exists. So you would replace that with your brand name, but doesn't exist on the website guru bound. So subtract any time that, that the word guru bound exists on my site but show me any time that the, web, that the word exists on other people's sites. 
So you would take this string right here, like this. I'll go ahead and double click this. Let me show you. I'd go to Google, search for this phrase. Let's put it into Google. And this, this is showing me all the times that the word guru bound, my business name is mentioned, but is not mentioned on my site. What this is not telling me is whether those mentions are linked or not. There is no way to really know that in a report like this. But this is still a goldmine of information to have at your fingertips. What I like to do is I go to the settings on Google and I change my search settings so that I'm seeing 100 results per page versus just 10. And then I save that and then I come back, I look at my list because it's, it's a long list. And then I install the Moz Chrome bar. So there's a tool called Moz Chrome extension. You would install that into Chrome. And if it's installed, what you can do is it allows you to export the whole page into a CSV. So with that installed, you would click on the actual Moz toolbar and it will show up across the top of your page and you would just click this button right here. You see that? Click on that. It exports the whole sheet for you. And now you've got a list of all the times that your brand is mentioned across Google where that mention is not on your website. And now you can, you can now use that outreach email that I showed you and use that to reach out to the folks that are on those, that are managing those websites and ask them to just go ahead and turn that into a link. I actually did this very thing earlier this week. And I saw that I was mentioned on orchard.co.uk and they were promoting this session. And I took that same email template that I've just given to you. I, I'm only giving you what I use because I want you to learn. I want you to have what I have. And uh, here I am, I'm mentioned, but there is no link. So I emailed them last night and asked them to please turn it into a link. We'll see when they do it or, or um, I'll see when they reply. It's a waiting game now, but that is the effort that I want you to take because it's a low hanging fruit link that you could be getting pointing to your site. The other thing you can do, as you see in your slides, once you do the Google search, you're going to go through that step by step, and it might take you a few days to go through every single one in the list. Take your time and do it over time. That's okay. But then going forward, you don't want to have to do this every time. You don't want to go back to Google and export again because it's going to be very tedious. So what you can do as a shortcut is you set up a Google alert. You go to Google alerts, you just Google Google alerts, and then you type in the same query that I showed you here. And what'll happen is Google in the future from now on will automatically email you anytime something like this happens where somebody mentions you on the web and it's not on your site. And then you can right away email that person with that email as opposed to having to go to Google and downloading the whole list. So setting up a Google alert is a time saver. I encourage you to do that right now today because you don't wanna to have to go back and take care of these links in the future if you can take care of it starting today. So go ahead and take care of that. Maybe not right now, but do take care of it today because it's free. Another example of a key thing that I see all the time that's really hurting people's SEO results. Uh, this one also falls under the echo stage is 404 pages or pages that are not found. So this is when, oops, you deleted a page of your site that used to have so many backlinks, but nobody paid attention. And now the page, when you try to get to it is a 404. I wanna caveat this by saying, there's nothing wrong with deleting pages of your site that you think are old, but 
if those pages are getting a ton of links pointing to them, then it's really important for you to actually consider redirecting that page to its closest equivalent on the new page or redirecting it to the home page if there is no close equivalent. Because if that page has some equity, you want to retain that. You want to make sure that you still are getting the benefit of whatever ranking that page used to get. If that page becomes a not found, it'll stop ranking in Google. It'll stop having any sort of association. And you don't want Google to cut it off. You want Google to pass it along to another page. So the way that you deal with sites that have uh, bad or backlinks, but that you deleted, I just explained all of this, so I'm going to walk right through it. Uh, the problem is twofold. One, it creates a poor user experience because people clicking on the links are not going to find these pages, but also you lose the authority, which I just mentioned. So I walk you through the steps of how to find any pages of your site that are currently 404s, which are your page not founds, and then take that list of 404s, import them into Screaming Frog, which I just told you about, and then you'll find out if any of those pages are problematic. I show you the steps here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it and I'm gonna give you a little bit of explanation just to make it super clear, okay? So the first step is you're going to set up a free trial account with Ahrefs, which is a great SEO tool. Some of you might already be using Ahrefs. You go into Ahrefs, you type in the website that you are, you type in your website as number one. Then number two is you click the backlinks option on the page, and it's gonna give you a list of all the backlinks that are pointing to my site. Great, excellent. Step three is to select the link type to do follow. So there's a, there's a filter there, go ahead and select do follow because you want only the links that are actually passing along equity. Some links don't pass along any equity, they don't pass along any authority. Those are called no follow. You wanna find the do follow links. Then you export this sheet. You export this sheet. Now what you have is a list of all of those websites out there that are pointing to your site and are actually driving equity to your site. Great, you've got a great list, excellent. Now what do you do with this sheet that you just exported? You open up Screaming Frog. Let me show you right now. Oh, where is it? I did this prior, so I've got, when you open up the sheet that you exported from Ahrefs, it's gonna look like this. It's just a big, ugly Excel sheet. I just wanted to show you that the link URL column, this is a list of all the pages of your site that have backlinks pointing to them. Because remember, you downloaded the backlinks report. So these are all the pages of your site that have backlinks pointing to them. And then if you go all the way to the right, the last column is a list of the number of unique backlinks that are pointing to each individual page. So you can see I have 10 unique domains that are pointing to my homepage. And I have this many that are pointing to XYZ, right? So this is great information to have anyway, because it also tells you what those links are in another column as well. So this is just awesome. And then what you want to do is the question is, okay, Mary, now I have a list of all the pages of my site that have backlinks. Great. Thanks for telling me that. But what does this have to do with the page not found? Before, remember I said you want to find pages that you deleted that had backlinks. So we need to first find pages with backlinks, which is what we did. We found all the pages of your site that have backlinks. Now we're gonna copy this list of all these pages, just drag them and copy them. And then you go into Screaming Frog and you're gonna paste them in and essentially just reverse engineer the process and have it tell you if those pages have 404s or not, or if those pages are 404s or not. 
So I just copy that list. I go to Screaming Frog, watch this. And what I'm going to do here is go to mode and go to list mode. It's going to tell me it's going to clear my results. Okay, fine, you can clear what I was running. Now that I'm in list mode, I can do upload, enter manually. What you're doing is you're pasting all of those URLs from that sheet. These are URLs you know have backlinks and you hit next and you hit okay. And now you're telling Screaming Frog, only analyze these pages that I already know have backlinks and tell me if any of those have a status code of 404. See what we did there? So now what you've got is a list of pages of your site that have backlinks. You even know the number of backlinks they have. You even know what those backlinks are if you really spent some time with that sheet. And you know if any of them have a 404. And here's a real shortcut to, to just show only the 404 pages is you would then go to response codes right up here. And where it says all, just switch that to 404. So only show me the times in this sheet where that page actually is a 404. And Joe, we've got four pages of your website that are currently killed off or dead that actually have backlinks. This is so what do you excruciating. <laughs> look at this? So, so your job at this point is okay, are these pages I deleted? Did I mean to delete them? And is there a close equivalent on my site? And if there is, then you would go into your website, into your CMS or your, your website uh, platform, and there should be something back there that allows you to create a redirect or tell your technical people to do it. What's nice is you can actually go into the Excel sheet again and see how many links these pages were getting. So you can prioritize them, especially if you've got a long list. So this is one of my favorites. Let's go back here. And I'll show you just a couple more. The traction stage. So now remember that's all about how do you measure the right metrics? You're fixated on ranking number one for keyword X. If, if that's been your state of mind or if that's the state of mind of you know, the head boss at your company, that could be hurting your SEO. And the reason is because SEO is a marketing channel, just like social media and all those other ones. And so it is not a means in itself. It is not a means, or it, it is a means to an end. It is not an end in itself. So you can't just expect SEO to get you to number one. And then that number one somehow is a self-fulfilling process or self-fulfilling prophecy. And because you're number one for keyword X, now that's gonna increase revenue or it's gonna increase customer acquisition or it's gonna increase retention. There's not a direct correlation there. So you need to really think about different metrics when it comes to SEO because fixating on rankings is going to cause you to do a lot of spinning of your wheels to do things that you think are gonna help you rank better when really you're losing sight of the fact that you should be looking at other metrics like revenue, like site traffic. Matter of fact, let me show you. You have to turn your thinking out upside down. Your actual individual rankings, that is the fifth item I would check. If these are in order, that's the last one that I would consider. Instead, the number one metric that you should be looking at when it comes to SEO is revenue from that SEO traffic. If you have Google Analytics set up properly where you're tracking goals, you can assign a value to a goal. You can say, if somebody fills out my contact form, 
You can look at how often you're able to turn those people into customers and you can, if you can basically reverse engineer a number and put a value on that goal inside your Google Analytics account and say, somebody filling out that form is it's worth $5 to our business. And then you start to actually calculate revenue in Google Analytics. That is the number one metric that I would track. Followed by ROI of your SEO investment. So this is you actually looking at labor hours and other elements that actually are internal. So a little bit more difficult for you to track with a tool, but you're gonna take your revenue number, you're gonna look at your expenses and actually try to look at your ROI. That's a really good metric as well. Cause these are business level metrics and SEO, just like any other marketing channel affects your business level impact. So you've got to look at it through that lens. Then SEO traffic, how much total SEO traffic am I getting? Unique linking domains. How many individual websites out there see me as an authority enough to be linking to me? That's such good information, especially if that number keeps moving up over the years. And then individual keyword rankings is the final one where you can actually track individual keyword rankings. But you want to convert that audience into actual conversions until the, once they get to your site. And so it's important not to really focus too much on the rankings and rather focus on how can I make every single person landing on our site a customer? What are the elements in the way? What are the things we can do to fix those barriers? And by the way, if you're wondering how often to track these keywords, I recommend, or how often to track any of these five metrics, I recommend that you track these month over month, compare them also quarter over quarter, and compare them year over year. I'm wrapping up now. Remember, there are six stages to the magnet method. And what I just walked you through were some of the big elements under each one that I would audit first, if I were you, to make sure that I'm not impeding my SEO progress. Audit is the magic word. Audit, audit, audit. I had to end where I started, which was that my husband and I have three boys now, and we went to Niagara Falls last year. And I didn't realize when I took this picture that I was casting, that I was casting to, I'm getting teary. I didn't realize when we were there and when we took these pictures that this was, a reflection of where we had been and where we had arrived. So I, I want you to know that my commitment is to be available to you if you have any questions as you do this. Take my email address, connect on social media. I think us working with each other is what we're called to do. We're in each other's space for a reason. So remember this date. Maybe this date can be something of meaning to you today. Maybe this can become a day when you made a big change or you did something transformational. And that is all I have for you. I am eager and ready to take all your questions. Make sure that you follow this link and um, then you have the file at your discretion to use whenever you want to. Thank you so much. Amazing, amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna give a round of applause for from me, but like I don't know whether you can keep up with the comments coming in here. I don't know whether you can see them coming in, but like I, you know, I only have my shared screen. I'm going to move. Okay, well, let me say, I'm gonna stop the share. If it was making a bell, it would be 
dinging a lot. That there are a, a ton of uh, just really, really incredible comments coming through here, Mary. Like I so see them now <laughs> coming your way. I'm just gonna have to send you a, a file with like all the comments because you will get like the biggest ego boost that you have ever had in your entire life. Because, <laughs> so, honestly, I, like, I need it. I'll take it. I I will take it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all so much. I do see the comments now. Wow, yeah. this is yeah. moving. Yeah, so there's three that I picked out from earlier, which was uh, the first was from Mike, who said, this is amazing. Please will you invite Mary back every week for the whole year? Uh, <laughs> we've got Angie, uh, lovely Angie, who says, I'm going to have to watch this a few times. And then I think Natalie sort of echoed everyone, which said, I want to be in Mary's marketing class. So, uh, <laughs> and like, I'm sorry. I'm along, everyone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, like, um, honestly, these comments are ridiculous. So, like, we're gonna, you've got the best testimonial site for the rest of time. Put it that way. <laughs> um, we've we've got like a few minutes for presentation uh, for questions. Like, I, I want to be respectful of people's time as well. So, Mary, maybe we can figure something out afterwards, potentially about getting to the unanswered questions as well. We'll see. Sure. I'm not making any promises to anyone because that's thrown on me just now. Um, so I would be happy to. I'll just I'll put it on record. I'd be happy to. Wicked. All right, that's awesome. So um, the first question comes from Ram, uh, who's asked the question: uh, can, Is there a point where there is quote unquote enough analytical data to work with, or do you have any suggestions for sites which are small or local who may not have enough data to start analyzing and, and sort of bringing out results from, from their, their data. Oh, okay. Well, Ram, there is no low threshold. You know, if your site doesn't have a lot of traffic, that's, that's, what, that's, your, that's your baseline. That's, that's not good or bad. That's just your baseline. So your goal is to make sure that you are aware of where you are and that you're working hard at improving it. That's all. So don't diminish that. That is where everybody starts. That's where we all start. So there's no threshold. Awesome. Thank you. So there's a question here from Claire, uh, who says uh, that they're going through a rebound presently and have written content mm. uh, as a marketer, but don't necessarily understand SEO themselves. Um, so they would like to understand your process, I think more specifically for like keyword research um, and then, you know, how you go about that part. I appreciate this is going to be rich. That's a big one. <laughs> for, for like, is, is there like a, 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 a top level view or is this something we cover another time? Top level view on keyword research is I actually do reverse keyword research. Uh, I don't brainstorm keywords. I look at what keywords my competitors are winning and I reverse engineer that. Uh, that for me works really well. So to give you the quick breakdown, if you've got your pen ready, I use Ahrefs and I put my competitors' websites in there, not mine. And I export their top keywords report, not backlinks report, which we look at, but the top keywords report. And then I aggregate all of my competitors' top keywords reports all into one file. And then I create what I call the SEO domination plan where I start by thinking, okay, by saying to myself, okay, what is the best way to describe my, my, my business? If I'm a physician, I'll say, okay, I'm a physician. That's my most valuable keyword that describes my overarching business. Now I say to myself, my next keyword type is twin keyword. What is another way that people would say physician that is exactly the same, it's a, the same thing, it's just a different word, doctor. 
twin keyword MVK identified. Now the third thing is identifying any, any what I call descriptor words. These are words that are in your competitor sheet that are adjectives to those two, to those two keywords. So people might say, um, physician near me, physician Buffalo, New York, physician for XYZ, right? So you, you put all those under your descriptor keywords. Then you add in another set of keywords that I call your um, conversational keywords. These are tangential keywords. It'll be like um, optician or you know words that are related, but they're not, they don't include your core or your uh, MVK or your um, twin keywords. And what you end up doing is you create all of these. You basically have a plan now. If I'm gonna create a page for physician, I'm gonna make sure I use the word doctor. I'm gonna make sure, I'm gonna make sure I use all these adjectives in a natural way. And then I'm going to add these additional conversational words like optician or what have you, these tangential words. You say to yourself, could these be their own pages? Do I offer these services? If, if so, then that becomes its own domination plan. You start with that as your MVK. You look for any twins for it. And so you're creating essentially individual page content domination plans and you're using your competitor's information to supplement it, to make it really strong. That's a high level way that I approach keyword research. That's insane. That's, so, you know, I, I make no bones about this admission that, you know, I, I think like a lot of the world, then I write something and then I press publish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so to have, I, I hope that doesn't make your heart bleed too much, you know, but like, you know, to hear that, you know, it's like, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it's like. Yep. That's, that's why we're different, Joe. You know, that's why we're different. <laughs> but. <laughs> Like, you made me squirm so much uh, during. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because I typed your domain name in and we didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Anyway. Thanks, Medea. Medea <laughs> says I added humor. <laughs> I try to have fun. You know, life is too serious. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. So we'll, we'll take this question from Rachel and then. Uh, We'll probably have to say our farewells, but as we say, we'll have the opportunity to follow up. Uh, so the question from Rachel is, uh, she's heard that 410 redirects are now what should be used rather than 301s. Uh, could you please help us understand the difference in applicable cases uh, for each? So I don't, you know, SEO, there's so much speculation in the world of SEO that I would not jump to that as the new go-to. The, the thing is 301 redirects are by default, they are by their nature, permanent redirects. They are you telling any user and any search engine that this page has permanently moved. A, 40, a 410, yeah, I mean, they essentially do similar things, but why? I, I wouldn't go back and re, redirect all my URLs to 410s and they used to be 301s. Uh, 301s, 410s, whichever one you choose, but 301s have proven themselves for years and years and years. And that's what I still use. Yes, that's perfect. That's perfect. And I, I think maybe there's a wider case here with all of this stuff, you know, that you know, yeah. we can get into the weeds with those specifics, but then, you know, on the very top level, I speak as, as an individual, probably one of the worst offenders myself, you know, there's, there's big things there as well, isn't there? So uh, when yes. you know the larger things. Anyway, uh, I have uh, I have to call it now because I made the promise that we the sessions last an hour or so. Um, but as I say, we'll follow up. Mary, you've just been incredible. Like I hope that, like 
I will be, uh, you will be absolutely buzzing for the rest of today because we're getting so much love sent your way from across the world. Um, it's just uh, really incredible. And I want to say thank you to, you know, everyone that's taking the time to attend as well, because like this community is something special and uh, it's because of people like all of you who have taken the time to attend. So honestly, I'm, I'm so, so grateful that this is a thing and we're able to do this. Um, so, so thank you very much. Um, that is it for today. Uh, please do take the time to uh, thank the sponsors with the follow-up email. Um, and other than that, I just hope you all have a wonderful day. Thank you once again, Mary, and uh, we'll see you all soon. Thank so, you for having me. No Thanks, problem. everyone. I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, absolutely. Take care. Bye.